0: Sisterly Advice is sponsored by Pop Girls Ministry. Hi guys, I'm Grace. And I'm Katie. And we are Sisterly Advice.
1: Welcome back to Sisterly Advice. Yes. Today's episode, we will be talking about lukewarm Christianity. Yes, and this is great because it's been a topic that's been on my heart. And I was going to tell you a time travel joke, but you didn't like it. <laughs> if I could do the little jump <laughs> Yeah, there we go. That was a knee slapper,
0: Katie. Good one.
1: Ah, so uh. funny. So I think Grace will just kick us off yes. with what in the world is lukewarm Christianity.
0: Yeah, that's a big question. What is lukewarm Christianity? And so I always like to think of it as... Coffee, right? Okay. I love coffee. Katie loves coffee. Gaga. So yeah. let's think coffee first. If you don't like coffee, I'm going to say I don't like you. I love you, but I don't like you. That's that. But um, So you either want your coffee hot or you want it cold. Hot coffee's great. Iced coffee's great. But nobody wants lukewarm coffee. Nobody wants that, like, eh, it's kind of warm, but it's not... It's not hot, but it's not like cold coffee. It's just, ugh, it's not that good. And that's like what lukewarm Christianity is. Either you are on fire for Christ, or you are not a Christian at all. But then you find lukewarm Christianity, which is right in the middle. And it's the idea of someone who is proclaiming to be a Christian, but is not truly invested in it, is not on fire for Christ. And I I said like iced coffees Mm -hmm. still greater than lukewarm coffee. And I said iced coffee is kind of like someone who's not a Christian at all. And you're like, how's that better than lukewarm Christianity? Well, that's something we're going to get into as we go through what is lukewarm Christianity and what is wrong with it. So be looking for that as we go through this episode.
1: And I will say whenever a while ago, this is probably months ago when Grace first introduced to me the idea of lukewarm Christianity, I was honestly like, That's not right. I mean, like, if you believe in Jesus and that he's Mm -hmm. your Lord and Savior, uh, I'd say you're a Christian. But then she explained to me, I'm like, no. Luke or Christians are the people that are still like, God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for our nuggets. Yeah. You know, if you've (laughs) ever seen that VeggieTales episode where Larry says a prayer like that. And I was like, I see what you mean. Mm -hmm. So. And the way you said that, you're like...
0: That reminded me, lukewarm Christianity is kind of like just going through the motions. You do it because that's what you're supposed to do. You go to church because that's what your parents want you to do. Yeah. But true Christianity is fully invested by your own volition. And so, one thing with lukewarm Christianity, and Katie mentioned how at first she didn't see how this was a thing. And so I can't speak if this was her mindset, but one reason I could see someone saying that is the fact that the idea that we're not saved by good works, we're saved through faith. And that is completely true. That is absolutely backed up in Paul's epistles. But there is a fine line between saved through faith and works. Yes, faith alone saves us. But when we are saved, we are transformed into someone new. So there's this heart transformation that happens when we truly have been saved. Yes, it's this faith, but if we have been saved, a heart transformation happens that is a way of a sign of our salvation. And now, if you want to learn any more of this, absolutely read any of Paul's epistles in the Bible to learn more about lukewarm Christianity and hypocrisy. Right now, I'm reading Romans, and that's a great one to read, especially to learn more about how faith and works are reconciled. And then it even goes into more of the idea of sanctification. That's yeah. a great thing we'll get into more. So one idea where Romans really does kind of include this idea of sanctification is in Romans 6.22 where it says, But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification, and its end? Eternal life. Now, let's break this verse down a little bit. But now you have been set free from sin. This is the first step of salvation, is putting your faith in God, and it's justification. He justifies you. Jesus's death and his resurrection justifies you, and now you are reconciled to God. But after that, You get sanctification. And this is where you get into the season of bearing fruit for God, where you're striving to become more like Him. And then it goes on to say, and its end, eternal life. And that's the final step of salvation, which is glorification. And that comes on the day when we stand before God Mm -hmm. and He glorifies us, and we are now a new person, fully redeemed in heaven without sin. And so those, this verse truly sets up what salvation looks like in all of its stages. Now, Katie has another verse or verses that really expound on this more.
1: So I know Grace actually mentioned in a few episodes ago about people saying they can't hear the voice of God, but Mm -hmm. they don't um, recognize it because they haven't dug into his word. Yeah,
0: and it's like you uh, one thing I says, like everybody says we want to hear God speak to us. Well, we have a whole book of his word. That is him speaking to us. It's his word. So yeah. if you want to hear God speak to you, read the Bible. But yes, Katie, you can go on. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Well anyways, this verse kind of touches on that when it's, you know, us getting out of lukewarm Christianity mm-hmm. and recognizing God's voice, which I'll just go ahead and say the verse. It's Matthew seven, twenty one through twenty three and states, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. The big thing that I loved about this verse is whenever Jesus says, I never knew you. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just so crazy because we can all say, yes, I accept Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. But Jesus is like, I never knew you. Mm-hmm. you accepted me, but I never got to know you. Of course, we yeah. all know that like, God knows our hearts, but I'm like, you know what? I think he'd appreciate it if we tell him about us.
0: Well, it, that oh, that brings something to my mind that you said that. That's so good because, like I said, I've been studying Romans, and just the other day, I was reading a passage. Here we go. And, <laughs> sorry, I get, I get distracted. No, 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 God go just ahead, go does ahead. so many cool things, y'all. It is Romans 10, 9, and it says, Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's what Katie just said, that we have to have it in our hearts. Katie's just doing such a great job. She's nice. awesome. But we have to have it in our hearts, but we also profess it with our mouths. Claim it. Claim that victory that you have been saved. And I can tell you right now, I don't want to get to heaven and have Jesus look at me and go, I never knew you. Well, I want to be getting to heaven, but I don't want to stand before him one day and him say, I never knew you. So I'm going to do something about it. And it makes me think of, if someone new comes to my school, I can accept that they're a new student at the school and understand that they are a new student at the school. That does not mean I get to know them and I become their friend. I feel like that's what this is saying. It's one thing to say, yeah, I believe there is a God. I accept that there is a God out there. But it's another thing to know him, to become his friend and his child, his servant. And that brings me back to Romans 6.22 when it says, and have become slaves of God. Yeah. When we become Christians, we become slaves of God. And yes, back up the word slaves. Take a deep breath might have freaked you out. But if we look at this verse in the original Greek, the word is doulos. I can't promise I pronounced that correctly. But Mm -hmm. it means a servant of Christ. And later, it goes on to not say it relates to people that are called to be slaves of God, also children of God, meaning that we learn under Him, we do things for Him, and in the end, we receive his inheritance of eternal life. So this is something to rejoice in, that we have been chosen to serve him, and that we are therefore his child. So this word also later in Romans, as you keep reading, equates to child. So you can also read it that like that, and have become a child of God. So that is just something great. Remember the context. It's not as scary as it sounds. And also with all of this, and like, save through faith, but works, and sanctification, but justification, and how can we really, how is it that we are accepting Christ, but we're not truly a Christian? If you think about it, here's something I just want to say and put out there. Sin does not keep us out of heaven, and good works do not get us into heaven, but true Christians do not consistently fall to sin. That is a great point that I think needs to be made, that yes, even if we sin, God can still forgive you and He in heaven. No matter how many good works you do, but you don't believe in God, then you're not getting into heaven. So it's not good works and it's not sin that gets us in or out of heaven. But if we have truly accepted Christ, like I said earlier, there's a heart transformation and we're not going to consistently keep falling to the same sin. We're going to beat those bad habits yes, we're going to screw up. We're going to mess up. We're going to make mistakes. We're sinners.
1: But we're going to be better. Yeah. I could definitely go off on the sin thing and sinning knowingly. Yeah. That's (sighs) a big thing. We'll definitely touch on that in another episode. Absolutely. But I think everything that Grace said is just wonderful. So (laughs) now that we've introduced the topic of what in the world lukewarm Christianity is, Mm -hmm. we're going to get into a little bit of what in the world? What's wrong with lukewarm Christianity? What is wrong with lukewarm Christianity? Yeah. What is wrong with it? Oh, you want me to answer your question? I know. But I don't get it. What is wrong with it?
0: Like, I mean, it's wrong to be a lukewarm Christian oh, because...
1: Oh, okay. Our next topic is why it's wrong to be a lukewarm Christian. Yes. So, we're going back to what I said we would get to,
0: is with it's better to not be a Christian at all than to be a lukewarm Christian, because lukewarm Christianity turns people away from Christ. That's the truth. And Paul talks about this several times in his epistles. For one example, in Romans 2, 23-24 says, You who boast in the law dishonor God by breaking the law. For as it is written, the name of God is blasphemed among the Gentiles because of you. And so, Mm.
1: Katie, you got any thoughts on that? (laughs) I think it's just so interesting. It's almost talking here that dishonoring God, God almost might feel ashamed that it's Mm -hmm. like you say you believe in me, but like all you said is, I believe in Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then what else? Yeah. I know
0: in my personal experience, I have an uncle who he's kind of a Christian, he's kind of not, like, he doesn't really know, but he doesn't want to go to church because he says they're all hypocrites, as in we Uh. do what we say not to do, and we don't do what we say to do, and that just comes naturally with being sinners and human, right? But if you're gonna say that I follow the law, I am a Christian, and then you go and break those rules, you dishonor God, how is it that non-Christians are going to be able to say that Christians live differently, that yeah. Christians have been transformed, if we're not living like that? So that's what this verse is saying. The name of God is blasphemy among the Gentiles because of you. And that means that the Gentiles, which were at this time, and now we can translate to that, like as the non-Christians do not believe in God
1: because of our own hypocrisy of us who claim to be a Christian. Yeah. I think it's important when just talking about christians being hypocrites mm-hmm. i mean i don't think we're all perfect so there's no, no way someone not. could say i will i obey the law because even yeah. the bible talks about multiple times with people saying but i have obeyed the wall like i am a good man and mm-hmm. all all that and i'm like i think people would respect christians yeah in a way a bit more if we would admit to our faults and that's then so say, true. this is what we strive to do instead of exactly. saying, this is what we're doing. Because I'm like, yeah. no way you're following all the laws and commandments as yeah. stated in the Bible. Like, we all make mistakes. Yeah. But it's no, being aware of your mistakes, learning from them, and putting forth effort to not make them again. Yes, exactly. And that's, like, what sanctification
0: is, too. It's not that, like, after justification you're all, all of a sudden perfect. Sanctification is this idea that we're... Katie put it this one way, and she can explain it better probably, but that we're on these steps on our way up to heaven. And as we're walking up those steps, we're gradually becoming more and more like Christ. But it takes time. We don't just magically become a Christian and bam, we're there. But we're working on ourselves because we're not perfect, and we won't be until glorification.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that—it's a stairway to heaven type of thing that I have— created we all talk about that stairway to heaven which is kind of like you know people say they near death Mm -hmm. experiences and they see the stairway to heaven and i was like well another way to think of it is the stairway to heaven will ultimately lead to god once you reach the top right so if we look at it as a way of getting out of lukewarm christianity Mm -hmm. and climbing that stairway to heaven because each step is a step closer to god yep, yep and that whenever you reach god it's either be jesus has come Mm -hmm. to earth and we will be in heaven with him or our time has come to under life naturally on this earth
0: exactly and with that it's saying that as right now if we are christians then we're on that stairway of heaven now in this moment if you profess god as your savior you are currently on that stairway to heaven
1: yeah And it's making sure to get out of lukewarm Christianity, making sure you're not staying on that first step. Yes, exactly. To be, to not be a lukewarm Christian is to make sure you're continued to climb Mm -hmm. the steps. Yeah. Higher and higher. Because it's never good enough to be on the first step if God's at the top. So you can't just stop there. I mean, you could it's not a good idea (laughs) i mean i wouldn't i would i would try and get just a little bit of stuff and we're not saying that grace and i are just like so far up there i mean grace and i are still climbing there's a long way to go oh
0: definitely it's more of just a we recognize the need like i'm not there yet i am not to the point where i am just like christ i mess up daily Oh, yeah, me too. all the time, I have an attitude, I complain. (laughs) And even those things that, like, everybody does, those are sins that I need to be working on. I'm not perfect, but I recognize and I desire to be more like Christ. I desire that I need to be striving to be more like Him, and I recognize that fact too. Mm -hmm. And then another thing is, as... Katie and I are kind of saying this, we're kind of putting ourselves on this pedestal. If we recognize this and as almost a leader and we acknowledge that we are not perfect and we are still working on it. And any of you who are listening right now, I invite you to come alongside us and join this journey with us because we're on it. And I would climb love for you to be stairs. with us. Climb on the stairs. Yes, climb on on the stairs. It's a party on here. But the truth is though, if you are a leader... You are held to a higher standard and are influential so don't lead other believers astray by your hypocrisy. Galatians 2:13 through 14 is something Paul is writing Paul is writing to about Peter. And let me remind you real quick who Peter is. Peter was one of the 12 disciples and is known to be like the founder of the church. So this is a big guy. Like he is a leader of leaders in the early church. He's important. And Paul says this, And the rest of the Jews acted hypocritely along with him, which is Peter, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Cephas, which is another name for Peter, before them all, If you, though a Jew... Live like a Gentile and not like a Jew? How can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? So first it says him in here, and then it says Cephas. Both of those are referring to Peter, who I already told you about. But then another time it says that even Barnabas was led astray. So to hear how bizarre this is, let me tell you who Barnabas was. Barnabas was a strong leader in the early church, known for encouragement, but he also had a love-hate relationship with Paul. Um, Wasn't nothing, but he was a strong leader. Even he was led astray by hypocrisy. And that's why it's so important to do our best not to be hypocrites. Step down humbly, admit Mm -hmm. that we are not perfect,
1: but we are trying to be more like Christ. Yeah, I have to say hypocrisy is definitely one of my pet peeves, one of my biggest pet peeves. It drives me nuts. And I don't think we can
0: talk about lukewarm Christianity without talking about hypocrisy because that yeah. is probably one of the biggest aspects of it.
1: Yeah. So, just to dig deeper into learning about Lukewarm Christianity, I have a car example that oh, yes, an example this is so about good. cars that'll just help us more understand what Lukewarm Christianity is and how to get out of it. So, I can know how to operate a car. You know, how to turn it on, drive it, mm-hmm. how the pedals work, but I don't know How the car works under the hood. Like, when you open the hood, I don't know any of that. How the engine and the fluids within that vehicle work together to make it run. I don't understand the mechanics of the vehicle. Yeah. Just the big picture and how to turn it on and get from point A to point B. To get out of lukewarm Christianity is to understand the mechanics of it. To get out of lukewarm Christianity is to understand how the car works. How Mm -hmm. all those pieces work together. We know Christians believe in Jesus who did the will of the father to save us from our sins. But what else? What did Jesus do during his life on earth? What other people in the Bible were used by God to perform his will? And that's another way of just thinking what, like, am I a lukewarm Christian and Mm -hmm. how do I get out of that? Am I, do I still just know how to start a car and push the pedals to make it go? Or do I understand what in the world is happening when I push the pedals? What mm-hmm. mechanisms are in work here to make the car mm-hmm. move forward and propel forward? Exactly. Do I understand the mechanics of it?
0: We have to understand the mechanics. That is a great example of this, Katie. Like, that is such a great way to think of it. Love cars. <laughs> yes. So, further with what Katie was saying on that, when she was saying, well, do we know what Jesus said? Do we know the other people in the Bible? Do we know what God has called us to do as Christians? How are we going to know those things? Well, that kind of goes along with how do we get out of lukewarm Christianity then?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And that starts with digging into the Word on your own. I like to say Christianity is not just a Sunday thing. It is not good enough to show up on church on Sunday, dress up nice, sit there all pretty and listen to the preacher, stand there and sing some old hymns or something, whatever your church does. For worship, we have, like, really awesome worship. It's great at my church. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, I was just saying this is great. <laughs> go to Vertical Church in Fort Branch, y'all. It is so amazing. But it is not just a Sunday thing, though. Mm-hmm. It's not just an appearance we put on. It's not a one day of the week. The whole reason we go on Sundays is so that we can be prepared for the rest of the week. So what's the point of going on
1: Sunday if you're not going to live out your faith 24-7? yeah I think that's just the biggest thing to get out of lukewarm Christianity if you feel like you're stuck in a rut and just mm-hmm. want to learn more about God and you feel like I need to get out of this lukewarm water the one biggest number one step is dig into the word mm-hmm. that's Absolutely. pretty much it and then also once you start doing like you'll realize all the other things that come with being a Christian which is sharing it with others and making disciples exactly. of people and so,
0: so many people I've I'm not saying so many people because this is me. This is my own, me calling myself out. I led a Bible study for several years, a Bible study. I helped other girls study the Bible. But when I was not leading that, I was not studying my Bible on my own. How am I supposed to share God with others and help them dig into the word if I'm not doing it on my own? And that's exactly what was happening. And now I don't lead that Bible study because of some things with COVID, and now I'm really focusing on sisterly advice and stuff. But I've started digging into the Word on my own, and it's such an amazing thing. But we can't exhale unless we inhale. So if you want to help bring others to Christ and find the joy and the peace that comes with being a Christian, you got to be digging into your Word, into the Word. Like, you got to be reading your Bible and know. Because how are you going to tell other people about a God that you barely know? Mm -hmm. and I mean I'm preaching to myself here because I've done this I'm telling you this was me a couple years ago and I really just in the past year started reading my bible and do I read it every day no some days I forget especially on Saturdays I have a tendency not to read (laughs) on Saturdays should I read it every day absolutely I should am I perfect clearly not but I do like to start my mornings with it it really does help me And one thing with Christianity is it's not meant to be the cool and the aesthetic thing. It's a thing where we die to our old selves, and that might not be pretty. Galatians 5.24 says, And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we're truly a Christian, leave behind the ways of the world. Crucify. Die to the old self. Leave those bad habits Leave those sins, those tempting desires, and make your identity be in Christ. Follow him. Really soak up his word. Be on fire for Christ, my friends. Now, after all that seriousness, Katie has a really good funny story.
1: I have so, a funny story. Yeah. Okay, so this happened a week ago. It was morning, and it was just me and my dad heading to church and I was having a pretty mellow morning. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't happy, wasn't wasn't sad, but what's the wrong with not being happy? I was just pretty mellow that morning. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm in the car. My dad's kind to talk to me. He's obviously in a pretty peppy mood, and I'm just <laughs> like, okay, cool. Mm, yeah, and he's like, you know, by the time we get to church, I'm gonna make you laugh, and I'm like, okay, sure, whatever. Anyways, he's definitely keeping up his trying to keep up this peppy atmosphere, trying to make me break a smile, which I don't see why, you know, obviously mm-hmm. I'm just not happy. <laughs> and we we get to the church and we're walking into church. And all the way there, my dad says something, you know, he's like, sometimes I feel like I'm having a big shoulder day or my shoulders are just hanging out on my sides <laughs> and they're just there. And I'm listening to him say this and I think, I wonder what The Rock does. <laughs> His shoulders are the size of his face. <laughs> like, I just imagine like his face on his shoulders now.
0: Like that's a like, and that's image. referring to
1: Dwayne the Rock Johnson, the guy who's oh yeah very very muscular with bowling ball arms. <laughs> I sh- know bowling right? ball shoulders. So and Grace has a rock joke too. Yes, it's so good. <laughs>
0: okay, okay. What happens if you spank the rock? Oh, Grace, I don't know. Please tell me. You hit rock bottom oh such a good one Had a lot of dad jokes in this episode that's okay though they're funny it's fun well and a funny story about Dwayne the rock yes everybody likes a good story about the rock
1: well thank you so much for listening to today's episode i hope you were able to learn some take away a few things from this episode don't forget we have our email sisteradvice2020 at gmail.com where we would love you guys to send in any funny stories you may have topic suggestions for future episodes or maybe you need advice on a certain problem you're struggling with we'd love to help you with that and grace will share our instagram yes we also have an instagram where we just
0: post some great content christian content but also updates reminders please follow us there at sisterlyadvice_podcast. underscore podcast. Once again, that is sisterly Advice underscore podcast. Thank you
1: guys so much for listening. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.